0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinogo. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching.
1: Good morning. We're starting uh, week number nine on Grace-Based Parenting, the freedom to be candid. Uh, Before we jump into the material for today, um, I'd like to give you just a little bit of time to talk about how your week went last week. Adam and I met and he told me that you had all talked about um, vulnerability, and so I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about that. But first of all, I'd like to say thank you for praying for me when I was down in the DR. Um, last week I got a chance to work with sexually trafficked boys and the staff that care for them and did, um, quite a bit of training on how to keep our kids safe as well as how to manage crises, which seem to happen every day when you put, um, 9 to 11 boys that have been trafficked all in one house together. Um, I also had an opportunity to do some counseling for one of the boys that had, um, some acting out that was there and that was really good worked through a translator my Spanish is better um, when I listen to people and can put it together I was just joking up here about um, sometimes I'm like a preschooler with Spanish and sometimes I'm like a baby with Spanish so um, but it's it's just really kind of fun so I appreciate your prayers for that I will be gone next week I'm speaking at uh, the International Conference on Missions (ICOM) in Cincinnati on a couple of workshops. One workshop is debriefing people who are coming back from the field, and we'll be talking about what churches can do to help missionaries or people that have been gone at least six weeks on a mission to be able to make meaning of their experience and deal with any um, troubling experiences that they did have. And then um, the second workshop that I'm doing will be. Um, on uh, working with people who are in social justice positions both in the United States and overseas. So I'll be dealing with secondary trauma and compassion fatigue and those kinds of things. So that'll be really kind of fun. So I'll be leaving on Friday and coming back late Sunday night, driving to Cincinnati and back. So uh, I'll miss being with you on our last time. So Adam will round that out for us next week. Um, Again, we are going to be having the second part of this class in January on building character. So um, if you want to sign up for that, you are welcome to. When the signups come in, you could let us know that you want to do that. It's a yellow book instead of a blue book. And um, we can keep inviting people into this class and bring them up to speed. Uh, We have been talking about some of the foundational elements of grace-based parenting and we're going to be talking about the not and bolts of character development coming up in the spring. So if you have somebody that you know um, who is raising children who might benefit from uh, being involved with us, talking about these things, feel free to invite them. People are more likely to join if they're invited than if they're just trying to take a guess at, well, I don't know if this will be good or not. So um, just something for you to be thinking about. Um, In talking with Adam... Um, I had a couple of ideas that I thought about with vulnerability that I want to add to your discussion before I turn you loose at your tables. Um, When Adam was talking about vulnerability and and what you all were discussing last time, the very first thing that I thought about was um, admitting that I was wrong and apologizing. In my family, um, I never received an apology from my parents Um, I never really watched people repair relationships. And I felt like in doing something like that, that might create something negative. If I admitted that I didn't do it correctly or um, admitted that I um, didn't do something the way that I would really like to. And found myself really struggling with um, being emotionally vulnerable with my family. Um, You all know a little bit about my history and growing up in a family that wasn't all that great. And I had to learn how to say I love you to my kids. Um, But one of the other things that I had to learn how to do was repair a relationship if I didn't do something quite the right way. And what I eventually ended up learning was this, that while we want to be consistent with our children, consistency is not necessarily um, following through with what I said that I would do to the letter of what I said, but it is following through with any modifications that are important. So... It's not so much doing exactly what I said if I was frustrated or I over-disciplined. It's pulling that back and saying, I think I gave you too much discipline. I think my conversation was too direct. I I think that when you and I were talking, um, you got the wrong impression about me. I really love and I care about you. And right now, I think that you might believe that I'm angry with you and that I really don't want that much to do with you. And that's not true. And here's here is what I want to say to you. So when I would over-discipline, I would pull my kids in, and I would say, you know, I think I gave you too much, and I'd really like to take some of that away, and here's what I would like to do, and I would give them um, a choice of something less that still, I felt like, met um, the discipline criteria to help you to move forward, but then I would always ask them, is that something that you would like to do, or do you want to keep the same discipline that I originally said? Nobody ever wanted to keep the same discipline. (laughs) They would always say, oh no, no, I want this new deal. And I said, okay, but here's what I want you to know is the new deal is not so that you can act any way that you want to. This new approach is because I think this is better suited for helping you to move forward with your life. And um, there was this kind of smile. They tried not to smile too much because then they think they're going to get in trouble if they're like dancing and in all delight that they got out of something. But I really felt like that brought us closer together. Now, I've told you that I would always always tuck our children in bed whenever I was at home. And that was an opportunity for me to clean up anything during the day so that they could go to sleep knowing that they were connected with me. So remember, I had mentioned to you that um, one of our number one goals is to capture the heart of our children. And in the busyness of the day, you and I could act in such a way that our children interpret us as being angry or frustrated or we don't want very much to do with them. They get very sensitive about the parental interactions that we have and sometimes my wife would say to me, hey I think Austin thinks that you're really angry with him and as a man uh, my anger sort of would flash up and then it would go away and it would be done but the residue um, that would happen in the family would be that people would think that I would continually be angry with them unless I went to them to say no I'm, I'm really not, no I'm not frustrated anymore no I know that I sounded a little bit impatient with you but I I am not feeling that same way right now silence is always interpreted as negative always so if I don't clean it up if I've been a little short with them if I've had a rough conversation with them and I don't go back and say hey I want you to know that I'm okay with you and I know that that was kind of a rough conversation I don't really like rough conversations I know you don't like them and I don't like them but I want you to know that I'm really glad that you're in the family. I'm not angry with you. I know that was kind of frustrating, and I'm sorry that it was. But how are you doing? If I can go back and clean that up. And to me, that was vulnerable. To me, that's me putting my heart out there where you could stomp on me. And Adam told me that the definition that he found was that I vulnerability means that I'm going to make myself available in such a way that I could be devastated. And while that is really true, when you think about it in terms of war, when you think about it in terms of relationship, it's an invitation for a better relationship. It's flipped. Vulnerability is an invitation with those that love you to get to know you better and to have a better relationship. That was foreign thinking for me. And so I had to learn how to extend an invitation by saying what I really thought and felt by initiating that conversation. That was completely missing from my family of origin. My parents didn't come back and initiate a conversation. My parents didn't come back and say, hey, I think we over-disciplined you. We just were grounded for a month. And that was it. Um, and, and I thought, That's, I don't want to be that way. Because that just seems to be overly harsh. And there was no way to get out of something. So we could get buried. And there was no way to get out for good behavior. And so, Van and I would talk a lot about how do we keep capturing our children's hearts? How do we invite them into a relationship with us? How do we um, limit the amount of discipline? If they learn their lesson and they do really well, I can always reinstate the discipline. That was the beauty of what I learned. If I give you grace and you stomp on my grace... I can give you the same discipline all over again. That's the beauty about being a parent. But I want to check to see, are you responsive to my grace? I wonder if God ever treats us that way. I just wonder. You know, I mean, something happens, we have consequences. In some miraculous way, we get through those consequences a little bit better. And then we act in still the horrible ways. And then the consequences last a really long time. I just wonder about that. And so I want to be His reflection and He's inviting us by His grace and His mercy into knowing Him better that we would be attached for the right reason. Not out of fear, but out of love. And that's what I want with my kids. I want them to be attached out of love and not out of fear. And vulnerability became the way that I learned how to attach them Um, How to let them be attached out of love and not out of fear. So my question for you as we get started is, how did your week go with you practicing some of the vulnerable things that you were exposed to last week? And you can also throw in, if you feel comfortable, um, how how do you think you could invite your sons and daughters into a better relationship with you by you being vulnerable to them. How does that strike you and what do you think about that? So let us ask the Lord's blessing on our time today and uh, we'll give you a little bit of time to talk. We're running just a hair behind. Um, so we'll uh, Adam and I will kind of keep track of time and we'll watch the video here after this conversation. So let's ask the Lord's blessing on our time and we'll get started. Lord, thank you so much. That you, out of your own willingness to be hurt, are open and honest with us. Lord, I can't imagine the kind of angst that you may feel at being rebuffed. That you have sent your very best in Jesus, and yet people turn away from you. And Lord, we, str- we will struggle at times in order to have a good relationship with you as well. And we can ignore you or we could fall into old behaviors that we know aren't good for us and you know aren't good for us. And you react to those emotionally like we do. So we pray, Lord, that we would be open to your invitation through your own vulnerability. And that we would learn how to extend an invitation and let our children... Um, see that we ourselves are willing to be open and soft and willing to be risk to, to be risky with them that they might know us better. Bless us in our conversation right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everybody, we're going to go ahead
0: and start the video. So we're going to start uh, Grace-Based Parenting lesson number nine, freedom to be candid. So if you're listening to this, you can go ahead and watch the video at this time. Alright, so after, as we come out of that discussion, um, a, a couple things that I wanted to talk about. We always talk about definitions, and we're, we're using this word candid, which is really an interesting word. Peter and I were discussing how we don't often use this word in our day-to-day. Every once in a while, it'll come up, candor or candid. So, I looked up a definition, and this is fantastic. It says this, Candor is the quality of being honest and straightforward in attitude and speech. And I think we're really good at one of those, speech, but the question is, is our attitude following up? In other words, do our actions match what we're saying? And I think that's really important for us as parents because kids are always watching what we're doing. And so as we talk to them and explain something or or, uh, encourage them to something they're going to be looking to see if we're doing that too and what I love about what Peter started with is that if we're vulnerable then when we don't match what we say we can go to them and apologize this is who I desire to be this is who God's created us to be and who we desire to be and I did not live up to that I did not live into that and I'm sorry I want to and we're going to Right, um, so so that's fascinating. In fact, when we talk about being candid, I believe it's really important that in order to have an environment in the home that is candid, that is honest and straightforward, that we need to have a home that is one of compassion. Compassion will bring about candor. Uh, look at Matthew nine thirty-five through thirty-eight. If you have your Bibles with you. Somebody, if you would, do you want to read that when you get there? Matthew nine thirty-five through thirty-eight. Who has that? Do you have that, Michael, or Don, or somebody? Nine, nine, 35. nine thirty-five through thirty-eight. Jesus was going through the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into them. Excellent, excellent. So here's Jesus. He's going and doing what he usually does, right? He's going out and preaching and healing, you know, all those things. And at one point, he looks out among the crowds, and it says this: He has compassion on them because they're harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, and, and sometimes our kids are harassed and helpless. In other words, let me let me tell let me put it this way they don't get it, right? And us as parents and and Jesus in this situation realizes that when people don't get it, I can either have compassion or contempt. Those are our two postures, always. We will have compassion or contempt. Contempt says this, you don't get it, I get it, come to me because then you'll get it. Which is really ironic because that's impossible. If they don't get it, how can they get to where they get it? Unless we have compassion. Compassion goes to where they are and invites them to walk to a better place. Does that make sense? So, if we want to have candor in our house, if we want our kids to be open and honest and vulnerable... Uh, then we need to have compassion, which means, James 1:19 says, and this is really, really important, we must be willing to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. What if you just listened to your kid? What if you were slow to speak, until they felt as if they were able to communicate all that they wanted to? And what if we were slow to become angry? That that would be an amazing thing. Um, My son, when, I don't know if I said this before, but when they were young, uh, my son is extremely introverted. Now, Bethany, Bella, and I are extremely extroverted. And he's really introverted. So... When he was young, we'd go to someone's house or whatever, and he'd find the quickest corner and be like... And we would be like, Hey, how are you? Hugs, kisses, you know, greeting everybody, talking with everybody. And we would be like, Grayson, get over here. You have to be like we are. That's pretty contemptuous. Forcing him to be what we are. And so we never got, never got it, never got it. And then one day... I'm in the dining room, you know, studying or doing something. And Grayson's in the living room playing Legos, which is really different because he would always be in his room. And Bella's in her room playing, which is really different because she would always be out in the open areas where everybody is, right? Introvert, extrovert. But it's kind of flipped that day. And actually, I was in my bedroom. So, so there are will you know... And, and all of a sudden, I hear Bella crying, running into my room. Daddy, daddy, Grayson hit me. And I'm like, what? So I go over to Grayson. I'm like, hey, did you hit your sister? Yeah. It's like, you can't do that, buddy. You know, and they're like seven and five, six and four, something like that. Six and four, probably. And so a couple weeks later, same thing. And so now I'm on alert, right? And I'm, instead of in my room, I'm in, I'm in the dining room. I'm like viewing these things. So one day, Grayson's out playing Legos, Belle's in her room, and she comes out of her room and she runs over to Grayson and she gives him a big hug and kiss, and he goes, smack, right? And I'm like, okay. So she's like, ah. I'm like, okay, come here, come here. And I, and I go over to Grayson and I'm like, hey, you can't do that. If she comes out to hug you, just ask her to stop, you know, and and do not hit her. And you can ask mom and I for help. And then Bella, Bella's really intuitive. And I was able to explain to her, look... You love that. Grayson doesn't. You're an extrovert. He's an introvert. He doesn't like to be touched. He doesn't like his space crammed. I said, you can always come to mom and I and give us a hug and kiss whenever you want. But you need to ask your brother before you do it. And so we just were able to to talk about those things. So as they were growing up, I wanted to spend time with them. And and do, like, date night, right? So about this time, we, we start date night, Bella and I. And a few months into that, because we'd go out, like, once a month, Grayson goes, Daddy, when do I get date night? And I was like, oh, wow. So, so we started calling it Grand Adventures. So Bella and I would have date night, and Grayson and I would have Grand Adventures, right? And what when we first started i would want to especially as they got a little older like 11ish i would want to be all about what's going on in your world how your friends like tell me your deepest darkest secrets and they would shut down and i started to realize i need to stop pushing and i just need to be present so as i would go out on these day nights and and Grand Adventures, I'd just hang out, let them talk, listen, slow to speak, quick to listen, and then before I knew it, a few months down the road, everyone the truck would just dump. Here's what's going on. And so it became a lot better. And what I what I realized was don't push my agenda in wanting them to dump the truck. Be patient. Be present and create the environment of candor by talking about who we are, living that out, and waiting until they take a step forward. Because Jesus, when he went and met people, he didn't demand that they come to him and he didn't go, Hey, Tucker, yeah, we need to get over there, let's go, and then leave them behind. He met them where they were and then invited them to this place. And then waited with them until they took a step, and then he stepped with them, right? And so, in the same light, we need to be that for our children. Um, We are way over time today, so I apologize for that. Um, But here is one thing I want to leave you with before uh, we wrap up. Uh, Peter mentioned classes in the fall. Uh uh oh, I got one. I got it. Um, Peter mentioned classes. And you can sign up for those uh, as they come up in January. Um, Another thing that we would like to do is we will, towards like either next week or in the weeks to come, we will send you a survey. Because we'd like to know, you know, this is the first time we've done this class. And we'd like to know, what can we do better? uh, What was really good? What wasn't so good? uh, How can we continue to help you grow? Uh, what are areas of parenting that we can continue to explore? And things like that. And so we're preparing a survey that we'd like to give to you. And hopefully you can fill that out and help us with that. That would be tremendous. But other than that, it is, it is way past time. So let me pray and uh, we'll wrap up. Father, thank you again for uh, just this joy and this gift of parenting. And Lord, uh, it can be hard and frustrating and confusing at times. But, but we believe that you've designed it so that it is, it is simple. It is not easy, Lord, but it is simple. And so I pray that we would take what you are teaching us and simply implement them. God, give us the grace to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Father, help us to create an environment of candor by practicing compassion, and I pray that you would remind us of your great compassion with us, and that would inspire us to be compassionate people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christchurch in general, visit us online at cco.church.